She's a wife. She's a mother of six, an international real estate coach with MAPS Coaching. She's a national speaker and trainer. She owns three real estate brokerages, and there's over 700 agents that work at her brokerages. She's a Kentucky CE trainer, and she's a broker in the states of Kentucky and Ohio. She's passionate about leadership, people, service, and using her life and talent to change and impact the world. She believes in abundance, hard work, grit, and tenacity. No further ado, Tara Smith, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, that's quite a list of accomplishments. You should have asked for my list of failures because it's three times as long. That's awesome. Just a little history. I met Tara when I was working at Remax. She recruited me to Keller Williams. We did a real estate deal together. I think you were my first recruit. Well, come on. The first one? When I started at Keller Williams, they said, go find your white whale. And I guess in white whale, in the white whale world, they're looking for like a $50, $100 million producer. Yeah. You and I had done a transaction <laughs> together on Delaware Street. Was it Delaware? De Detroit? De it was Detroit Street. Detroit, Detroit? Street. Yeah. And um, every floor joist in the house was eaten up with termites, right. and I was the listing agent. No, I was a listing no, agent. No, I was a listing agent. I was a listing agent because it was, the guy was a sexual, you remember I found out yes. in the middle of the transaction, because okay. my broker came to me and showed me a newspaper article where the guy got caught having sex with passed out stripper in the middle Who of the night. Who might have been dead. Who might have been Who dead. Who might have been we dead. Yeah. We didn't know that and, during the deal. But That's I not did, why the white whale thing. But I did, and I had to keep my duty with him, Like, and it got really weird. But anyway, yes, then the floor joys. It was a tough deal, and it was like an sixty-five dollars or $85,000 house. Yes. And we closed the deal, and after the transaction, you sent me a thank you note. I did. You wrote me a note thanking me for my professionalism in the transaction and for helping work together getting it closed. So when they asked, first of all, I shouldn't have probably been a recruiter or team leader. I was very underqualified. Mm -hmm. So I'm working from my brain, which is different. Yeah. And they said, you need to find your white whale. And I thought, who do I really want to be in business with? <laughs> and the That's only, great. the first person I thought of, actually, you were, there was only white, one white whale was you. And it was because of that win-win mentality. And then the fact that you sent the thank you note. Mm -hmm. And so we pulled up your production. And I think you just finished your first year. I think you were about a $2 million producer. Three and a half. Okay. My first year was three and a half million. Well, my white whale in my brain was a $2 million producer. Okay, However, I fine. knew, I knew because of your mindset and how you conducted yourself that you were going to be big. Yeah. And I would go around and they'd be like, well, who are you chasing? And I'd be like, Bob Sophia. <laughs> and people would go, who? And I would go, he is going to be a big deal one day. Yeah. And thanks. we chased you and you made the move. And I'd, I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this, but I walked you around our office and I'd introduce you to people. And I was like, this is Bob Sophia. <laughs> He's going to be a big deal. And they'd be like, oh, I don't think we've ever met. Now, who are you? And yeah. you'd be like, I'm Bob. I don't know how long it took. It was a few years. You were like $25, $30 million producer. Yeah. That's I how was, we started. I was starving, starving for information, like starving for it, like asking everyone I could, like, how am I going to get listings? How am I going to grow my business? I was like in desperate need. I remember when I called you to tell you that I was, was going to come over there because I was in Florida. And maybe you called me or I called you, but I was like, I just can't. It'd be silly for me to I, I've realized that it's silly for me not to be there. You know, like after, you know, we had been talking, it was like I hit this 
just this moment in my head, I'm like, I'm well, in the wrong place. Well, you wanted to build your team yes. in multiple places. Right. And like, let's be real, in our industry, there are a lot of people that come in. Yeah. And they, first of all, don't have goals. Right. They don't have a path. You know, they are, they don't know. But after a year in the business, the fact that you were like, I'm going to build a big business, multiple states. You had a plan, which we talked about. Yeah. And I knew that we needed to be on whatever bus you were on. Yeah. Uh, because I knew you were going to make it. That brings, back, that brings back some great memories. I remember that where that like team mentality came from was the fact that I was, I was running these Facebook ads. I had a picture of a dilapidated house and it said, click to get an updated list of central Kentucky short sales and foreclosures. And I would get like 60 of them a day. They were costing me like 30 cents a piece. People would fill out this form on Facebook. And then I started asking better questions. Like, are you going to flip it? Are you going to hold it? You're going to live in it? You know, and then that would, I would just call the people up and be like, but then it got to the point where I couldn't call everyone in one day. Because and I started getting behind because I was getting so many. I was getting so many. So then my, the advice that I got from the broker so I said to the broker, I'm like, look, I can't call all these people. Because I was just setting them up on a safe search, right? I was mm-hmm. going in, figuring out what areas they wanted to be. And the majority of the people were coming, they were coming in, they were just looking for a deal. They weren't investors. They were just... Maybe first-time homebuyers. First-time no homebuyers that didn't know where to start. Yeah. They knew they wanted to find a deal. So they're like, okay, well, I'll click. This is what I want. You know, I want to find a deal. And um, the broker gave me the worst advice I've ever gotten in real estate. She said, give some of them to the agents that aren't doing anything that have no experience that well even they have they might have experience sitting around the office but they weren't doing anything and it's like they were struggling give the leads to the people with the struggling businesses that was her advice and i was like why would i do that that's the worst advice anyone's ever given me i didn't even know how bad it was but uh that's funny that's interesting we got to go back and talk about the move a little bit because something i'll never forget is at your previous before before you came to partner with me with us you were a brand new agent you joined a company they had a bunch of window offices oh yeah this is like i don't forget these oh yeah and they told you that that you didn't sell enough real estate to have a window office so you got you had to have the interior office yes and when we met you said my paper clips are sitting in the box, I don't even want to unpack because I'm not staying in an interior office. Right. And so... I, I call it the donut hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the thing that I think is really interesting in, you know, we talk a lot about who you, who you surround yourself with. Like, people can either hold you down, put a lid on you, yeah, yeah, or yeah. they basically empower you to, to reach right. your potential. And I think a lot of people, at least in our industry, when I hire, when I sit down with agents and talk about their opportunity with us to grow, a lot of times people will say, well, I told my broker my goals this year and they told me it wasn't possible. Right. And I go, well, what, what's your goal? Well, to sell 36 houses my first year in the business. Is that possible or not possible? Right. Can a first year agent sell 36 transactions? I did. That's what I'm saying. I did. But it was after, like, I started, I didn't get a start for 90 days. And I actually got put on probation. So you did 36 in nine months. Yeah, I got put on probation. In my first full year, I sold 36. So I think I started in July of the year before. So I started my count in January. So, you know, it did. But that's real estate. It takes like a six-month ramp up, right? Like, I didn't know that at the time. But 90 days in, the sales manager took me in his office and said, the broker's name has, he didn't even use his own authority. He said, 
the broker has told me that if you don't get your production up in the next 90 days, we're going to have to let you go. So that makes the story even better because they put me on probation. You and I know 36 transactions is possible because you did it. Yeah, right. And I'm always fascinated when people say, I'm here right. because the, my first manager or leader or broker or whatever said my goals were impossible. And the reality is, is it's not easy. Right. 36 isn't easy. No. But it's possible if yeah. you really want it. What do we have to do to support you to get it? And people do it. So, Think about the training, too. The training was like... Brian Buffini, which Brian Buffini is great. I mean, he's really got some he's great things. Deal. And at that time, no one was like, doesn't matter where the people are, focused on the local market or the local area, which if a new agent comes to me now, I'm not saying what are two are the people you know in this area. It's like, who do you know? Who would support you? Anywhere in the world. But you also know now. Yeah. There's a thousand ways to find business. We can't yeah. even get to all of them. No, right. Database is great for a lot of people. And for others, we got to go meet new people. The investor side of those, because that's a lot of what a lot of people like try to get into as investors in the beginning too. I never, I didn't close an investor till three years after that. But I, there was someone that I stayed in contact with for three years that actually ended up buying something. You know, I think about how many properties I showed to investors because of that list. Yep. What a waste of time. I mean, as a buyer's agent, to work with an investor is a waste of time. It's, yeah, it's tough. It wouldn't be my first... Yeah. Suggestion. However, like I'm a believer that every action sets off like an equal, equal and opposite reaction. So yeah. just by getting out and showing properties, you're in action and right. other things around you come in your favor because you're moving in that direction. So how much contact do you have with new agents now? How much time do you spend with new agents? I will meet with anyone that asks me to meet with them. I, I mean, there are people that are there people I've, that come to you and like say, what do I do? If they came to me, I would ask them what their goals are. Okay. So, so if I, I said, what, do I, what, what should I do today? You're going to say, what are your goals? Yeah. What are your goals? And then like, I what's wanna, your I want to list a house. Yeah. What's your commitment level to that? I'm 100% committed. I don't have another choice. Are you willing to get up every single day, get dressed, come in and do the work that it's going to require to list a house? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. So how, what, how are we going to track and hold you accountable to that? Um, I don't know. What do you suggest? Can you? I'm a new agent. Like, yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing: eighty. So you're 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 trying to discover whether they're willing to commit to it. Yeah, because and if here's I'm the asking, thing. if I'm asking for action steps, because I feel like that's the thing that I missed out on the most, and that's the thing that I've attached to the most now later in my career is I'm not looking for um, the theory. I'm looking for the action steps. Okay. However, let's be real. Okay, st statistically, yep. 80, 85% of real estate agents move brokerages in their first 12 months. That's what my broker told me at the other. And other, then 85% fail out of the business within 18. Why I started there is when you get a real estate license, right. you just started a business. And when you start a business and you are working in the business, you are your employee. And so then I ask agents, based on how much time you've spent today or this week yep. working in your business, would you hire and pay yourself? That's really good. And the reality is, is most of them would not. What if you were writing yourself a $5,000 check every month to do what you do every day? Are so, you earning that money? If I say I'm 100% committed, like how much time is that going to take? How much time am I going to spend as a new agent if I'm 100% committed? Um, if you're going to list a house, you're probably going to set two appointments, two to three appointments to, to sign one. I can set two to three appointments in an hour or less. 
Today? Today. Come on. It's like riding a bike. Come on. Come on. I mean, we got an hour, don't we? You want to like, get on the phone? <laughs> yes. We could have a little, like, a appointment setting yes. like, a contest. But I'm serious. However, when you're new, it takes longer. You don't have skills. But the reality is, is how many new agents actually show up for an hour a day and work on their business? How many show up for two? They're so excited. They get their license. They invest a couple thousand dollars. Right. They start a business. They hire themselves as their employee. Right. And then their employee never shows up to the job. So that's why I started there, because I want to know your commitment. And then when you tell me you're 100% committed, we're going to actually set a time that you're going to show up and we're going to do the work. Yeah. And you're not going to do the work on your couch in your yoga pants while you watch Let Netflix. Let me ask you this. How often do you come across special people? How do, how do you spot that if you're not doing transactions with them and you see someone, you're like, that person's going to make it. It's just that little touch of crazy. Mm -hmm. It's passion, right? Right. I think there, I don't know if it's a book or what it is, but there's there's a thought, it, we call it the 2% rule. Mm -hmm. Like 2% or less actually will show up and mm. do. So two um, out of 100. Here's what I think it takes. You got to be fully committed and you can see that in somebody's right. eyes. Just show up 10 minutes early and stay five minutes or 10 minutes late. That's, That's really it. Like if you do that, if I have an agent that shows up 10 minutes early and stays 10 minutes late, that's somebody that might actually be talent. That's where the magic happens, too. That's where all the magic happens. That's... But you know, Diana, my mentor, mm -hmm. always said, and I always thought it was corny. We would go to her classes, and she'd be like, how you show up here is how you show up everywhere. You can see talent. Yeah. You teach a class. They're leaning forward a little bit more. Right. You can see them processing what they're learning. Yeah. They're taking notes. Right. They come up after and they ask you questions and you go, okay, we might have a ringer here because right. they're actually there. They're not there to check a box. They're there because they choose to be there and they want to take something from that and make something happen in their world. And that's, that's how you generate, like, that's how I see talent show up. That's my question. That's what you see. That's what you see. That's what you identify with. Like, are you able to spot it in people that you don't know? Like, I mean, I guess in the classroom setting, that's one way to do it, right? Like, that's one way you see it mm -hmm. is how people engage in a classroom. Um, but like outside of the classroom. Don't we see what we're what we choose to see? I guess. That's yeah. all I do is look for talent every so day. That's good. That's real good. It might be like a server at a right. restaurant. It could be somebody checking out at a cash register. Right. It, it has to do with that, that energy, that vibe. But um, I look for people with that thing everywhere I go. Yeah. I just haven't been going as many places. That's the problem with that. Well, you are a little bit in a bunker. I did. I did spend a lot of time out in the field. I mean, it's where I met some of the best people in my life is, is them in restaurants or in bars or, you know, at work at a different job or in a different field. Show up to an office, show up to an event. It's interesting. Like we're in real estate. And I've talked, so I've got lots of thoughts about this, but we're in real estate and real estate agents are actually supposed to spend 10 to 15% of their time networking with other agents. Really? That's, that's like the model for collaboration, mm. growth, all the things. And so, however, when you talk to a lot of agents, they're like, I'm not going to go to that event. It's an absolute waste of my time. Why would I go there? Why would I go hang out with other real estate agents? I don't know. You might sell something off market. You might yeah. find something for a client. You might find the next person for your real estate business, your team. But what I can tell you is um, you get 0% of the shots you don't take. 
So not being in the room with people in our industry. I mean, here's the reality. What if you went to a real estate event and you bump into somebody that's been selling 200 houses a year and they say, you know what? I think I'm coming out of the business this year, Bob. Right. And you go, well, what's your exit strategy? I don't have one. Well, what if we sat down and we talked about an opportunity where I could help service your database and you could continue to make money for the rest of your life? Would you be interested in that? You don't get those opportunities if you're not in the room. I agree with that. What about the people in the life, your life that, because having 700 agents, there's got to be a huge percentage of them that don't do I what they say. to all these superstars. <laughs> I know there's got to be a huge percentage of them that say they're going to do something, they don't do it, and they don't show up and they show up late and they show up, they, they leave early and they, they're too busy and they're this and they're, you know, like, and what they do don't you, sell any real and estate. And they don't sell any real estate. Yeah. Like that, that what, all goes together. By how the way. do you, how do you, what do you do with them? Because obviously you still have a place for them. I think that the constant unending pursuit of more for no reason is very, can be very damaging. Mm-hmm. And so in our company, we had a season where we would ask people to set goals. We would tell them what their goals should be. Right. And they would ask them to set it. And we go, well, that's good, but I think you should double it. Right. We constantly push people to do more, more, more. We, we push people to build teams. And let's be real. Not everybody's wired to lead and manage people. It's not in the best interest of right. a lot of real estate agents. So right. my philosophy on this has changed. Um, I'm thinking how we operate. This is how we operate. We ask people what they want out of their business. If they want to sell two houses a year and those two houses send their family to Disney World and they have an amazing time, all I need to know is how to support you in selling two houses a year because that could be the thing for them that matters most. And I've won if, if I've helped and they know that we've been a support in that. Is a two-unit producer a 200-unit producer? No, but um, my philosophy is we care about people, and our goal is to impact people regardless of their production. Actually, the prima donnas, Bob, are are, are quite a bit more work. We love you. <laughs> Whoa, we was... love you. No, yeah. I, I just think that, you know what? You know what I love? I love to help people and then be grateful and, like, just acknowledge um Thank you for being a part of my journey. I'll get up every day for that and work my tail off for that. I think I've, that's been a lesson for me too, is like, you know, meeting people where they're at, you know, like some, you're not going to change their motivation, you right? Can't. Like as much as you want to, and even, you know, showing them that it's possible and giving them everything, everything. you have. You um, cannot you, you, want you, it more than yeah. they want it for themselves. That's a lesson that I've learned. I guess I've learned it several times. <laughs> That's it like, you want to go to my list of failures. That's probably like, it's repeated see, the most, right? Because we see talent in right. people. And here's the thing. People, we, all of us get in our own way all the time. Yeah. I think they get in their way, their mindset, whatever. Yeah. But to kind of shepherd 700 people, you have to create boundaries where at some point you go, we did everything we could possibly do to help them. And they're choosing now yeah. to not be a partner in their own success. And then I can go to bed at night and sleep knowing that I held up my side of that bargain. Yeah. There was a moment. So like a lot of my focus in recruiting over the past couple of years has been new agents. At one point in my head. So you already know you're going to hire 10 and maybe yeah. get one or two. It's in my head, I was like, in my head, I was like, well, I don't want to work with agents that already have bad habits, you know, like or whatever people say. 
whatever people put out there into the world, like I had accepted that as my thing. You know, at one point, I think we had like 20 new agents and it was like, people would say to me like, how can you work with all those new agents? Doesn't that drive you crazy? You know, it's like, it's all a different story. But then my, the thing that we've been talking about, and I think the thing that I've learned the most is like people, like, well, first, I can't motivate people. Second, that it doesn't matter if they're a new agent or they've been in the business for 20 years. It's like the superstar that I'm looking for. It's like, it's like a different mindset than everybody else. It doesn't matter their experience because there's so many people that talk about their experience and what they do and what they have. And, but it, that's not the person. The you person. could have a 200-unit producer, and they're just not a nice human. It's not talent in my right, world. So right. we, we hire to culture and mindset, what yeah. you just said. Yeah. And if you get the right person, you can t- they want to they be coachable and learn. At any level. At any level. At any level. Because we should all be doing that all the time. Right. Right? So advice to a new agent is... Come work with me. <laughs> the first thing is figuring out what their commitment level is. Yeah. Before you can before you can give them advice. Yeah, we just have to know. What if I don't have a commitment level? Or they're they still have something else as a priority, like their 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 priority is to pay their bills. Which yeah. I think a lot of people get into the business like that. They get in most people. Right. They 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 take it on as this like dream of big money and a flexible schedule, you know, and they say, Okay, well I'm gonna keep my job until I can pay my bills selling real estate. I love it. And I would advise that they do that because very few people can leave a job and not get paid for 90 days. And if they don't need to make money, you prob- they're probably not motivated anyway. Yeah. So here's what I know about our business. You can have a real estate agent come into your office every day from 8 to 5 right. and do nothing. And nothing. And you can have a dual career agent. I don't call them part-time because they're dual career. You can have a dual career agent outsell a full-time agent For sure. every day of the week. Something that my husband's dad always told him is if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person because they get people that get a lot done get right. really good with time management. And that's all that's all it is, right? It's time yeah. management right. and commitment to the time. Because let's be real, buyers and sellers Buy houses nights and weekends. They have jobs too. So why couldn't you do this really well dual career? You know, like what you were saying, like they don't need anything, right? That's tough to motivate. Breaking people into generations is not good. I don't I don't really believe in the differences in generations, but I definitely think there's a difference in people in the need of people like emotionally, money wise, there's different needs in the different generations. Like sure. Like how they're wired, how they're security. Wired. But I have met young people that, like, have a need. Mm-hmm. But I've met a lot of young people that don't have a need. Mm-hmm. But that's the part that's really difficult. When you, when you see talent without a need. The talent without a need, it's like, how do you create a need? Or you can't create a need for them. But if they had a need, you know they'd be awesome. You can make a lot of money in our industry. But once you've made all the money and bought all the things, right. I think most people realize that it's not fulfilling. And mm-hmm. so we teach a class called Quantum Leap, and we start, we, like my thought is you should attend that class before you ever set goals, because you got to figure out inside of you as a person what matters most. And the reality is, is very few people are motivated by money. Right. They're motivated by m- what money can do. And so when you sit down with a person that's not motivated or, or a new agent, and they're like, I don't really know why I want to do this, if you don't get the, take them back to a thing, Right. They won't make it. You've yeah. got it, it. I mean, it could be 
giving to a charity. It could be going on, you know, experiences. It could be investing in real estate. It could be, I mean, we had a, um, this is a fun story. We had an agent that we hired. Um, I interviewed him a couple months ago and he can't remember how many houses he sold. I want to say like 25, 30 mm -hmm. in his first year. And he does comes in and does his own thing. And he does, you know, he's pretty like yeah. to the point. And he had a really big motivation his first year, and it was to pay off his parents' house. Whoa. And he did it. Really? He did it. And um, That was nice of him. It was, well, and he shared the story of yeah. why, because his parents were older when they had him, and he, they made a lot of sacrifices and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is he was chasing that moment when he, what he did is he drove to the bank one day. And he walked up to the teller counter and he said, with his check, I'm here to pay off this mortgage. That gives me goosebumps. His parents didn't even know he was going to do it. Oh, that's cool. He was getting up every single day. He got up every day and he showed up at that office and he yeah. still does. And he got up every day and he did the work. But I guarantee you, he wasn't seeing money signs. He was seeing the moment that he got to walk in and tell his parents yeah. that their house was paid for. And that is that's why people... It could almost thing. be compared to like a chip on the shoulder, like that he type has of a, he has a chip right, on like shoulder. that type of thing. Like I found in a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of successful people that I've talked to. Like if you ask enough questions, you'll figure out what their chip is. Like mm -hmm. what is it? You know, like you call it an item, or that's you know, if you're going to set a goal and it's based on an item. Like I see it like a lot of that in like the chip that people have on their shoulder. Like it might not be an item; it might be want to prove something to somebody. Yeah, I did that for a long time. You heard that in that podcast I did a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, I ch I ran for probably five years because I was mad. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, I wanted to prove to myself and to other people that I could do a job that people basically disqualified me right. for. But what's interesting is that does lose steam, right? So it was like after five years, like I've crushed every goal I've set. I'm doing all the things yeah. and it's like, okay, you're looking around and you're like, you've done it. So like, what are you chasing now? And I think sometimes striving can become a habit too. Mm -hmm. And you have to actually reevaluate like, why am I doing this? And what I was saying is I'm doing this because I care about people, which was true. I had right. a big boulder and I care about people. And at some point I looked around and I was actually stepping on people. Yeah to just take my boulder folder yeah. further. Yeah. And I had to say, you know what? Like they're all here, right? Set the rock down and yeah. let's like, let's take care of the people. Cause you're here and you, yeah. you can impact people now. And so the chip is very motivating. Um, I use that a lot. I use a boulder chips, not going to get it done. Uh -huh. I like something really uh -huh. big. Um, but, uh, you got to watch it because it will fry you if you do it too long. Yeah, it can. I think that like this has been a really good conversation so far. It's exciting because I think it'll help a lot of people. There was a period of time we really didn't talk much, but I didn't like a decision you made. <laughs> well, now that happens too. <laughs> no, no, no. And I really enjoy the conversations we've had lately. What are you trying to learn or what are you focused on when it comes to like learning or mm. or like growth in your life? This year, I think my so I didn't pick a word of the year this mm -hmm. year, which I've done many years. I picked one last year and I don't remember what I picked. Mm. And lots of other years I've selected a word. Like I put time into the word and I bet yeah. if I went back to like January of last year, I could find it. 
However, if I have to go find it, I probably, it probably wasn't that. Right. Um, if you go into, I've got this space in my house that's like my space, and I keep um, like tokens, things that are important to me. But I have on the wall like pictures and things that have represent other words of the year for me. So I don't have a word of the year because I didn't honor it last year. Mm. Um, my goal this year is to um, do less better. Mm. So really um, pour into the key leaders that I'm entrusted to um, and get really, really hyper-focused on um, being the absolute best in the in the opportunities I'm in. I don't want to do anything mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be, I want to be the best. I read a Facebook post today. It makes them, I, I mean, I guess probably most of the people in the KW world are reading that book right now, right? Like, I mean, I kind of see like the Diana Kokoska book, right? Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot, I mean, I keep seeing. Oh, gosh, yeah. There's a really good part of that that I think everybody should read it. Yeah, so um, there, there was something that I read today. It was something like, and I don't know, I don't think it was from that book, but it was like getting out of, you know, like team leaders and people that get out of production or out of selling real estate and like not having a, a plan or not having a focus. Like, what's your focus? Like, and I can relate to that in a sense that like. What do I do now? What do I do now? I mean, I think I've, oh, like I always like pick something and, you know, being a better leader is always important, but focusing on people focusing on growing people. So you have specific people in your company that you're focused on. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we know that you should have four or five key people that yeah. you're developing. So I have key people that I have made. It's hard because I want to love 700 people, Yeah. but I can't be my best for 700 people all the time. Right. And so I need to be my best for, six or seven people mm-hmm. and support them and actually just empower them right. to be their best for 700 people. Um, but I want to go back to the Diana thing. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. That- so I had an opportunity to be one of her, I think our title was advanced readers. So we got oh, cool. to pre-read the book and there were, I think 75 of us. Mm. And part of that was we got to get on these Zooms with Diana, and she walked us through some of the whys behind the book. And um, I'll, I this is really, really important. She, the first call we got on, she started talking about habits. And so we all, you we have habits. We right. create habits. And something happened during COVID where people went into survival mode. So, like, at least in our industry, we were necessary Right. But um, people went home and just put their head down and like, literally, what do I have to do to pay my bills during COVID? Mm. And they went into survival mode. And Diana started that first call saying part of the purpose of her book was like she can see. And I feel this people we created survival habits like from 2020. Okay, COVID's over. Right. But people are still trudging around in survival mode. And the whole purpose of that book was to, like, shake people Mm -hmm. and say it's time to get out of, like, survival and it's time to get into thriving. Yeah. And, like, we just – I feel like I battle people's mindset every day. Like, a lot of our top producers went home and they just – they cut their expenses and they went home and we're constantly trying to pull them back in. You've worked in a thriving 
Keller Williams office. There's nothing better than coming in and all the top agents are there and they're collaborating and they're, you know, ringing that bell when they set appointments. And yet people fight us every day to be alone. And I'm like, why we're here and you're in the, every other top agent around you wants to collaborate. You all want each other, but yet you refuse to come in and partner together. Yeah. And so I just feel like we have the created habits of survival and um, right now, there's probably nothing I love more than seeing people travel and stuff because yeah. that's people getting back to their dreams. Right. And we need that. We've got to have dreams and we've got to we've got to get back around people and get out of freaking survival mode and like have some fun. You it's know? crazy when you say survival mode, how many things changed in my life from COVID. <laughs> like I didn't survive quick enough. You know, like, I mean, because it was like one of the best years of my business. That yeah. first year, and then the se- second year, like I had a drop off in my business. Like a lot of real estate agents did. I think like twenty, tw- it was twenty. Twenty twenty is when COVID happened, right? Yes. Like twenty twenty one was my best year. Twenty twenty two dropped twenty million dollars in sales, and then twenty twenty three we went back up. But the thing is, not twenty million, but but like those adjustments in business. When you say that, when you say survival mode, I'm thinking about business because I thought I was. I thought it was all going away. Like, I mean, I thought I was done. I thought I was toast. Like October of 21, I was like literally thinking that I was going to die. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't have life insurance at the time. And I was like, what's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen? And I went through that survival piece and it took me to like halfway through 23 to get things right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, and but when, then, you, when you survive, it's tough to go back to like, Let's have fun because right. you just get in a habit of I got to get it's up. Change like, so many routines and so many things. Yeah. But with the office and with sales team, it's like the people. You know, being around people is really important. Yeah. Because we did the hybrid thing, and it was like we still do it to a certain extent. But yeah, there's a big difference when people are in the room, for sure. How you show up here is how you show up everywhere. Yeah. So what else about that book? Let's go back to the book. Because you're excited about the book. You, I mean, you- that that is that is the biggest part for me was just the purpose. I mean, her the book is titled "Becoming More." Yeah. Um, the 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 thing about it is just like get out of survival mode and like start doing things to grow yeah. and like and reach your potential and have fun and um, what was that quote I sent you? It's it people will. are waiting for your greatness. Essentially, yeah. Like, there are people that deserve. <sighs> Oh, wait. Oh. Yeah, people deserve. I don't have my phone. Um, I have a friend right now that found out she has cancer, mm-hmm. and she's like 44, 45, and she's really struggling with the path of curing it. Yeah. Right. And I, and I'm in a chat with her, and you can just feel the struggle. And today she's like, "What is the point? Like, what is the point of all of this?" And it's like, "Well, the." I guess, of life. And my thought was the point of life is to hopefully leave an impact. However, we have these opportunities in our struggle to motivate someone else. Like maybe there's someone behind her. This is how my divorce was. I was like one of the youngest people that I knew that got divorced. And it was hard and it was messy. And like five or 10 later, years later, a lot of people were getting divorced and they would reach out to me and go like, I'm really struggling and you've been there. And I got to actually treat them differently than a lot of people treated me, which was like 
pouring into like a karma bucket for me. Right. But I think that there's really beauty in the struggle. And if we stop, if we stop looking at our struggles and this is hard, but as a problem and we go, how can I walk through this gracefully? Because there's probably somebody behind you that needs to see that courage. Yeah. And, um, that's the part of that I'm getting better at is like, sharing the struggle because I usually keep the struggle to myself, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like, I well, something I tell Blair is like, we both don't need to carry this weight. Like that's why I don't share things with you because I'm, it's a heavy weight. Yeah. I don't, I've got it. I can carry it. And, uh, I, I think that's, that's true when it comes to the struggle. Like if you look at it in a sense, like, like towards yourself, you look towards yourself and like the pain that this struggle brings you, it's very, it gets heavier that way. But when you think about it in a way, I've had a few different things happen where it's like, I went through this and now I've gone through it and I've been able to explain it. And it, like you said, with your, the same exact thing. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a really good way, way to look at. So I had a client once, um, I sold her house in Frankfurt and she was divorced and she sold her house, downsized and all this stuff. And we had a great transaction. I connected well with her. We stayed in relationship and a, a few weeks after closing, she left me a really horrible review. Mm. Like, it was shocking. Mm-hmm. And I called her, and I said, hey, um, we had a great transaction. We got you everything you wanted and helped you transition. Like, what happened? And she said, Tara, I was, she's like, this is going to sound crazy. I was having a really bad day. All of the parts of my life were falling apart. And I got on social media that day, and you had made a post about something amazing in your life. Mm. And she's like, I just, I looked at, like, everything was perfect for you. And I kind of, like, lashed out and left you a negative review. Wow. And so, like, if you think, and so it was fine. We, I clarified it, and we had, and she apologized and all that, and it was okay. But, like, think about the people we see on social media that, like, life is perfect all the time. Nobody wants to see that. Right. Actually, it makes you feel worse. Right. People want to see people struggle and yeah. they want to see your highs and lows and they want to know, they want to see authenticity and um, because it makes them feel okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Just talking about that with these guys today, like, cause they, you know, I've challenged myself to do videos every day mm-hmm. for 30 days. Really? Yeah. I've missed a couple days where I was, like, deathly ill. Now you have to do it 90 days. That's okay. I'm okay because I'm really getting some positive feedback. Like, I've had people send me messages that make me feel really, like, it makes it worthwhile. Like, I've had people reach out to me that I'm not friends with that have connected with me and said, I like like to connect with like-minded people. I live in Lexington. You live in Lexington. I'm like, whoa, this is really cool, right? Um, So some of the guys that work in my office, they – they've started to take note of that. They've been paying attention. I'm like, but why aren't you like liking or commenting on this stuff? It's really easy. Just push the button. You know, I mean, at least give me a little love, you know? Anyway. So one of the things we were doing when we first, you know, started pushing into the videos is like, we'd make these scripted videos, right? We have script, you know, a teleprompter and we'd read off the script and in reviewing that. And it's like, they almost think that that's what they need to do. And I've like totally detached from that. Right. Like I've totally detached from the part where it's like, manufactured like Mm -hmm. I want it to be authentic and I want to be able to connect with people but what I've learned about real estate is like it's not about real estate 
Like, and that's what a lot of people miss with their social media is like they want to post a for sale house or a penning house. It's one thing to market a property, but if you're trying to market yourself, what people care about is your personal responsibility, your grit, your consistency, consistency, yeah. honesty, your humility, the things that are important for people to see about you as a business person and what social media gives you the ability to do. It's just crazy that I've missed that big chunk of my life and my career. Instead of saying, you know, do you want to buy, sell or invest in real estate? Like that was like some of the most wasted. I mean, I get it. People need to know you're a real estate agent, but it's going to take one in a thousand for someone to actually respond to that in a positive way, Mm -hmm. you know? But if you're, but if, but if your message is you're willing to help people or you're willing to learn new things. They do business with people that they can trust. Right. They know they care about them and they know they can help them. Right. You know, working with these young guys, it's like, that was the thing today. It was like, you know, going through that process and figuring out what that topic needs to be because they have friends now that are buying houses from other people, you know, and they, they're like, we got to put something on social media. And it's like, I want to put something about expired listings. I'm like, nobody cares about expired listings. People care that you get up and go to the gym every day of the week. Like how many people struggle with going to the gym and you do it every single day? You know, that's well, what somebody wants to, that's who they yeah, want to work with. So like when you were talking about doing your videos and you missed two days, like what came through my mind was, what if you knew that there were there were people watching you that said every day Bob shoots his video, I'm going to go to the gym. And if Bob doesn't shoot his video, right. I'm not going to the gym. And then you feel the weight of that consistency because people are relying on you to be consistent right? because that's giving them the thing to right. go do their consistent thing. That's what winning is, like yeah. setting a goal, you know, making an intention your ability to be successful in a thing is completely tied. Your commitment is tied to your ability to get up every single day and recommit yeah. over and over and over again. We can't make a commitment one time. Every day you get up, you go, what am I committed to today? Bob's committed to shooting a video. Yeah. That's what successful people do is they, they know where their commitment is and what it's to, and they don't stop until they do that. That's really, really good. That's really good. We gave advice to a new agent, or we didn't give advice. We just ch- we checked the thermometer on their the new, on their new, commitment. New level. agents need to sur- be very, very careful about who they surround themselves with. Not, Love 90 percent of success is mindset. Love that. And so, get around people doing the dang thing. Yes. If you want to learn, you know how I learned how to do open houses. Showbuster. Well, no. <laughs> um, however, um, I got up on the weekends and I went out and I walked through. I pulled an open house list like I was a consumer. I had my license. Oh, you went to all the open houses. I went to open houses oh. and I took notes of what other agents did. They didn't know I was an agent. I was a brand new agent. Did anybody ever ask? No, no. But Pete, <laughs> I can't remember his last name. Pete Who? was my favorite. He was at KW for a while. Um, he was my favorite because he asked great questions yeah. and he, he didn't say like, go tour the house and get me if you need anything. Like he engaged me yeah. and he was like taking notes. Right. So how I learned how to do open houses was I went out on weekends and walked through them like I was a consumer and I watched professionals do it and I, and I learned and discovered how I wanted to do it. That's what new agents need to do. They need to get in a car with a producer. They need to show up at their office every day ask questions, go to trainings. They say that a rocket ship uses 60% of its fuel during liftoff. Yeah. So you got to work twice I as hard. I think I'm going to add to that, like following that producer around. I think that something I heard the other day, but I, I've been thinking about it a lot. It's like 
when you want to be around someone that does more than you, you know that you're going to learn from them. And there's something that they're going to give you, which is knowledge. It's like, what can you give to that person? What could you do for somebody that sells more real estate than you? And it doesn't have to be financial. It can be just emotional or it can be, but you can't be a drag on somebody. Like if you're going to follow somebody, and I think that that happens a lot. It's like, well, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And I think that's something you got to be real careful with. I mean, that might be a bigger thought and it might like take more thinking to, to go through than driving around to open houses. But I do think that's important. One of my, one of my closest friends at Keller Williams, she was rookie of the year her first year and she was pregnant and um, she is a killer. And she, a few years ago, she had a personal and she's always growing. She's always pushing. And she had a personal initiative to interview. I think she went, wanted to interview like a hundred billionaires. She's like, I'm going to start calling billionaires and interview them. And I was like, okay. And girl did it. Here's how it ties to me. She walked into a country club one day and she saw a guy that's known as a one of the wealthiest people in the town she lives in. And she walked up to him and she said, hey, I'd love to schedule a time to interview you. And he was so grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. Because I think the right people, unless they unless they just inherited a billion dollars, the ones that they worked wanna, for it. They want to share. They want to give back yeah, and they yeah. want to share their story. But here's what's cool. Uh, her and I ran a marathon in 2019 and we went out to Phoenix and she's, I said, where are we going to stay? And she said, we don't, we don't need a place to stay. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah, I have a place. And I was like, where are we staying? We stayed in one of those billionaires' houses. Oh, cool. So he asked her back, what are some of the things you're doing to grow? And she said, I'm running a marathon in Phoenix. And he goes, great. When you're coming in to run it, let me know. I've got a house you That's all can really use. Cool. And we stayed I in the that. house of the billionaire. So she, I think that a lot of successful people admire the question. Yes, And they for want sure. to help people that are hungry for answers. That's why I said, anybody who wants my time, yeah. if it's a brand new agent and they say, Tara, I'd love to sit down with you and get your advice on how I can be successful, this girl will sit down with them and do it. Yeah. Because they had the courage to ask the question. Yeah. And that's, that's really how good. we get to pay it forward. That's really good. Well, you said something earlier about like, Getting around the right people, and I think I think about those Facebook groups when I—that's what comes to mind. Getting around the right people because I wish they had like production levels by everybody's name, like talks and those things. Those can be toxic. You like, can the Facebook groups can be toxic, and it's like the worst advice gets validated given oh, and validated. It's so validated. I think you and I have talked about this. Yeah, we can fight for our greatness or yeah. fight for limitations. And so let's say I do meet with a brand new agent and I go, these are the, there are, there is a pathway and right. it's very defined and I, we know how to help people be successful. Okay. They got to do the work. But I say, here are the five things that you need to do. And the first thing is I want you to come in every morning and I want you to practice scripts and role play. I want right. you to practice. What would you say to someone if they called you and said, will you sell my house? And they go, Ooh, I don't really like that. They're not telling me that they're like, okay, right. So then they don't like it. So they go around and they ask other people, probably people not producing. Right. What do you think about scripts and role playing? Yes. I don't like scripts and role play. I'd never do that. Then they go to the next one. Right. I don't like scripts and role play. I don't, I wouldn't do that. And right. what they do is they take their limiting belief. Right. And they go find other people to validate. Yes. But you know who they don't call? The people that are doing this. They don't this. call you. Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't call the $30, right. $40, 50000000 producers. They go ask right. people that have 
No business. They should do scripts and role play. I think like the intention of doing this is to one, share with people experiences and, you know, help people grow. But I think at the end of the day, how many people are actually going to listen to the entire podcast? Yeah. If I could say one thing, like you said, what's a bit of advice? Life is really precious. Yeah. And my personal belief is every single person has unique gifts and talents that they were that are like embedded in who you are from Mm -hmm. creation. And it's your responsibility to live those. The minutes matter, the hours matter, the weeks matter, and you look up in a minute and it's gone. Yeah. And so don't waste it. Like, right. like sometimes for me, sitting home on my couch and just chilling is a really precious time. So I'm not saying you can't rest. Rest is important. But get around amazing people. Maximize your life. Yeah. Most people are able to do so much more than they even know or believe for themselves. So get around people that can pull that out of you. Right. You just need you just need one or two people to believe in your greatness and what's possible, like big thinkers. Yeah. And and then just go bet on yourself. Yeah. Go take the bet. Like nobody else is gonna bet on you, but you can bet on you. And it's always, always worth it if you show up in your life and live it the right way. That's really, really good. Drop the mic. <laughs>